to? What? Unchart- Uncharted. <laughs> that yeah. is the worst casting. I mean, alright, so it's not bad casting, but they could have at least given Mark Wahlberg a fucking mustache and a cigar. You know what I mean? Minimal. The minimum they could have done. Yeah, that is the bare minimum. Let him be Mark Wahlberg, but give him a fucking mustache and a cigar and a cigar. And I'll, I'll buy it as Hello and welcome to Pixel Pints. We are the only global gaming podcast where we talk about two things, which is great beer and video games. I am your host, Mitch, and I will be whipping you around all over the place, talking about the things that we want to talk about, including how it is probably the worst miscasting ever in the history of video games and the only reason why they did it is because the studio wants to keep tom holland at sony and that's the only reason why they gave him the uncharted movie it's not because he looks like nathan drake or he's a good nathan drake but i will give him one credit for one scene in that trailer and it was when the guy was talking about a bunch of different things at the very end of the trailer and then he goes what that was the one time where he sold nathan drake to me besides that he definitely did not sell me any kind of nathan drake Mark Wahlberg did sell me no kind of Sully. It was just some of the... And it looked... The horrible part about that, guys, it looks like a pretty good movie. Like, it looks like they it's like they did everything right to make a video game movie look good, except for the casting. Oh. Honestly, like, so I, I would probably like and go see that movie if it wasn't Uncharted. If it was just a Tom Holland, Mark Wahlberg buddy film, I'm I'm there, but the fact Un- that they undiscovered want... Tom, right. what's his name? Tom, uh, what's his name? Tom Holland. Tom Holland and uh, Mark Wahlberg in undiscovered lands. Yeah, uh, <laughs> I I just think why Mark Wahlberg? Like God, they need someone else besides. I, I think they could maybe sell Tom Holland as Nathan Drake, but you just cannot sell me Mark Wahlberg as Sully. You just can't. He could have done it. I think that. At least based on the trailer. Obviously, we haven't seen the movie. But based on the trailer. Oh, no. We've seen um, the movie. You've seen the trailer. You've seen the movie. <laughs> just basically, basically, they. it looks like they were like, no, just give us more Mark. Give us more Marky Mark. Uh, because he can act. I mean, The Departed was fucking amazing. Everybody that's in that movie does a good job. And they all play believable characters. I, um, I think that's definitely the material elevating the Maybe the actor, actor, not the actor, than well, the other way around. But, but still, it yeah, everyone's I mean, good in that film. Yeah, so I don't know. So yes, we'll have to I, talk more about it when it comes out, I guess. Yep. Uh, uh, one it, more uh, thing. Sorry, Mitch. The the that kind of gag that you had, uh, referenced, where the Scottish guy comes up to him and is basically uh, about to beat him up. I, I want to hear what McWomble's take on that. Uh, yeah. That, if like what he said was legit. Or like, oh, you know, the butt of the joke is Scottish people because us Americans can't understand what, they, what they're saying or whatever. So I'm interested to see what he has has to say about it, if he has anything to say about it. So well, we'll, we'll have to wait till next week, about that I believe. Next yeah. week, because McQuan will be back on the show next week. Um, because I wanted to drink tonight, fellas, so I made sure we did a later night. And unfortunately, McQuan cannot be up this early in the morning. So anyway. Uh, 
I'm your host, Mitch. I'm here in dark, dark LA as we speak. It is 12, 12, 16 in the morning. Um, one who almost fell asleep and missed this entire podcast time. But besides that, <laughs> I am joined by the similar person in my exact time zone who's also up super late with me. Uh, that is Burkoff. How are you doing? Pretty good. Um, was playing some more cyberpunk uh, earlier tonight. Yeah, I think there's a tweet I'm... out in the world that said Mitch was right. Yeah, oh, wow. it's getting buggier, dude. It just <laughs> the bugs just like keep getting worse. I'm like, fuck! I gotta finish this before the game just collapses. Uh, so yeah, I'm 25 hours in right now. Um, I just finished the Pan Am, uh, her entire storyline, uh, which was really good. I enjoyed it thoroughly, um, and the the romance was was worth it to go through that whole entire storyline uh there's one romance if you you'll probably just have to youtube it because you're not gonna you're not gonna bother doing it but there's one romance where they you destroy an entire boat oh really while having sex interesting and okay. burn it all down <laughs> it's crazy uh can but, you, do you do you know if you can do more than one I have no In idea. A playthrough? I, I, I didn't even try because like you I was so bugged out I needed to get to the end <laughs> <laughs> okay which uh also is quite sad to, say, to hear you hear you say that Berghoff, because you know it's almost been a full freaking year and yeah, the yeah. fact that you're like oh my god there's so many bugs that i didn't even expect you to say the lines of the the words of it's so buggy i think i just need a beeline to the rest of the main story because that's what i had to do the entire time <laughs> when i was like yeah. i was like "Ooh, this is bad oh i really should just go back to <laughs> finish this it's it, yeah, it's sad because the the writing is fucking amazing. So just like um, just like everybody says with Witcher Three, like the side stories and the the side quests that you go off on are, are you know almost better than the main story. That's the same thing with Cyberpunk. Like all the side it's stuff that I've all the side stuff that I've been doing is phenomenal, and it's really well written. And there's um, there's a lot of um, different easter eggs and and things like that i mean um, i'll give them their credit their side stuff in that um in cyberpunk was pretty good i, I there's one that still i still remember which is i don't know if you did it this one uh Burkoff, it was the taxis um the ai taxis yeah, the domain. and then yeah, the and then I, and the one where I, the one taxi is literally like trying to commit suicide and it's fascinating to think of an ai trying to commit suicide but it's like hey it, it's, it's it's trying to and it and so um now, besides Burkhoff, who's joined in the in the buggy camp of cyberpunk buggy camp, boogie out really quick as soon as possible. This is forewarning to all you people. Remember those next gen those next gen um, patches aren't coming until next year, and I don't trust it. I don't trust it. So uh, Evan, all the way in Tokyo, Japan, not Tokyo. He's in Osaka, right? No, Kyoto. Kyoto. Oh no, Kyoto. I was right. No, I said <laughs> neither of those two places. Every major city. <laughs> Every pre every prefecture, <laughs> just for just for McWomble. Yeah. Actually, um, yeah, technically all three of those are a prefecture and a city. Well, Tokyo is like a met, met, met metropolis, so you wouldn't be wrong with with either of those. Uh, I'm good, actually, Mitch. It I, it uh, I don't smoke crack. Um, 
I've been thinking about Metroid Dread, the score I gave it. Uh, if you don't remember, you said whoever gave it a 9 and up clearly smokes crack. And I gave it a 9. So that meant I smoked crack. And then I thought about it, I'm like, oh wait, no, actually I don't smoke crack and I never have. And I was listening to a podcast so about 8. Metroid. <laughs> and they, they did a full hour and a half of Metroid Dread, kind of like we did. And one point that just like clicked with me to think about the game a bit more, he said, what if you uh, compare it to its peers, like a maybe like a Blasphemous or a Hollow Knight or a Guacamelee, some more modern style takes on this kind of Metroid, Metroidvania, what does it do better? Because he's like, Guacamelee, the, like clearly it's better. When you go into a room, you know exactly what you need to do to get the item. Um, it's just a matter of the platforming and, and the moves and, and chaining that stuff together. And the more I thought about it, I'm like, you know what? I think he's right. So I would knock it down to an 8.5. And if we're going with hard numbers here, you're like, none of that 0.5 shit, no tenths. I would knock it down to an 8. So I think uh, after all of the praise that I gave it, even though we did nitpick and stuff, yeah. Um, I don't smoke crack. I'm actually pretty happy about that. Well, my best friend smokes so, uh, crack because yeah. he gave it a 9. <laughs> it's an 8 out of 10. Which we also you, yeah. we also have one more thing in common. We both saw Dune this weekend. So uh, Yes. Which, did you find those? He was supposed to, for the people that weren't that weren't listening in the beginning. He was supposed to look up because he said, I said, Tim, Timothy Shadowman was the perfect casting in Dune. And, and Evan was like, no, that's not possible. There's probably someone much better. And he's like, oh, I feel like I was overexposed to Timothy Chalamet. And I said, what five movies was he in? Because all I've seen him <laughs> in is Call Me By Your Name. And I don't know any other film I've seen him in all year long. Okay, I said five, and there's actually only three. But that's closer to five <laughs> than <laughs> two. Don't you do this! <laughs> Actually, no, yeah, it's closer to five than one, or just right in the middle. Uh, call Me By Your Name, um, Little Women, and oh, yeah, Lady Bird. He is in Little Women. And Lady... You watched all those three films in the last year? Yeah, I happen to have just watched them. Like, this okay, you just, you, just, you, just hit the, you just hit the awards movies. That's what you did. Because like, Lady Bird and Little Women are like awards contender movies, and that's not uh, like mainstream me. people watch them all the time type movies. Sacramento is the Midwest of california and the whole idea of growing up in a i i actually looked it up apparently that's what they call it maybe it's total bullshit <laughs> and uh you know going to a catholic school and i i really really like ladybird i didn't i wasn't like what movies make me look smarter during conversations and then that <laughs> popped up and i started going down the list and then little women uh, no he not just my he, he just picked the dumb version which is look at all the oscar <laughs> movies <laughs> or no all you do is type in a24 and then see what what movies of theirs pop up which i've actually seen tons of their films in the past but um but then he's in he's in he's willy wonka um he's going to be in the french dispatch west anderson's new film well, he's that's just, five he's just starting have seen hold it, on, hold on. they have not came out yet and he's just starting filming on willy wonka that thing's not going to come out until next year late next year if not 2023 so don't even go there my man don't go there this but, is this is how little I watch of movies. I didn't know there was another Little Women. I was like, "Are you guys talking about '90s movie?" Well, no, Burkov. There's a new you one. You watch Game Face. Uh, remember uh, Matt Kyle specifically when I was talking with him about Sonic the Hedgehog. He was like, "I would rather talk about Little Women right now than talk about Sonic the Hedgehog movie." I figured little he was women talking. Is good. I, I because he, he loved it. 
I thought he was talking about the 90s movie. No, not. it was the remake. <laughs> he loved yeah. it. He loves that it's movie. It's really good. I mean, I Except haven't seen Timothy it. Except for Timothy Chalamet. Get that oh. guy out of that fucking movie. Anyway, he's gonna do, and they're doing another Willy Wonka? Well, yeah. no, this one is a Willy Wonka origin movie, and then this one is going to be... Ba- um, this one could be the... Origin the, story. The or- this because one's- he needs an origin story. Well, th- well... This one's going to be the origin to the original 1980s film? Or is it in the 90s no, it came out? 70s. Oh, is it 70s? Okay. This Gene one will Wilder. be... Yeah, this will be an origin story to that one. And so it's not going to be as wonky as a Wonka movie can be. Wonky. Pun, pun intended? No, pun, pun, pun intended. Totally. But uh, I think Evan and both I agree that we recommend going to see Dune. It's 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 amazing. It's 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 a it's an epic in many many ways, and I think uh, it does a good job of taking its time. For once, it's one movie where I'm like, I'm happy it took its time doing this stuff, and like I felt like I didn't like there didn't have to be so much action in a movie for no reason. And actually, I love uh, I cannot pronounce the director's name. Is it Denin Villeneuve? I think it's Denny Villeneuve. There it is. But he said, yeah. he said in an interview, and I was like, good for him, especially after seeing this film. He said, he's like, he hates how basically Marvel movies have transformed the public into dummies. And like, they can't see epics anymore. And so he's hopeful that he will be the one to break the chain. Well, they haven't remade Gone with the Wind, so they might as well just do that too. <laughs> Sorry, I hate to be so cynical. It's blowing yeah. in the wind. Speaking of blowing <laughs> in the wind, welcome to Pixel Pines. We talk about two things, which is great beer and video games. If you want to follow us, we stream here on twitch.tv slash pixelpines every single weekend. And if you want to find out when we are streaming live, you can follow us on Twitter, which is at pixels, pixel underscore pints, or on Instagram at pixelpintspod. I have this memorized, fellas. There is no writing here that I am reading, so this is this is this is all memory. This is good. So if you wanna, if you wanna, uh, if you miss us watching us live, you can check out our archive, which is archived on Twitch, or you can check it out on YouTube and just look up look up Pixel Pints or anywhere where you listen to your podcasts. Um, just look up Pixel Pints. You can see if you're watching us on YouTube, you see the mug, the mug next to the Pixel Pints. It's just gonna be a green version of that, and then you just look for it on your uh, podcasting service and it will be right there you can click on it and we have so many more episodes you can listen to and of different people so if you hate my voice you can listen to keith hosting one day or if you don't like a uh, uh, burkoff's voice he's not here all the time you can find someone else and if you really can't stand evan just because he's a foreigner and he's in japan even though he's totally white <laughs> it's the weirdest thing ever <laughs> you can totally find another podcast episode where he's not you can find dan who who teaches school children <laughs> to so there's so many options that you can enjoy um but yes as i said we are watching we are gonna go right into what we love most which is well not love most because we love both things but beers first anyone got beers i i mean i yeah i do i've got uh i i don't know if i've had this on the show before um i've definitely had it before but uh voodoo ranger imperial ipa um lovely they, 500 they have these can. Um, no, this is much larger. This is, uh, one pint. So it's like, a quite a bit larger. Oh, okay. Oh yeah. Yeah. The, uh, gas station here had them for, uh, two for four fifty. 
You literally uh, ran to the gas station for the show. That's commitment. I, I appreciate I did, it. Yeah. And uh, I'm going to have it in my uh, Star Trek uh, engineering glass tonight. I'm, I'm just pulling the same beer I had last weekend. I still have more of it, but I still love it. So this is the mango cart one. Nice. But I do have now, the, um, for people that didn't see the show weeks, weeks, weeks ago, this is the original one that I tried weeks ago. Which one do you bad. prefer? Which one? Me or Berkhoff? Um, I guess uh, Berkhoff might as well finish your, your thoughts on that, that beer. You've had it before. I've had it before. It's a standard uh, IPA. I don't know why they call it Imperial. Because um, it's... I would expect it to be cloudier, darker, um, if it was Imperial. But... Um, yeah, I mean, I don't know. It's nine um, percent, um, pretty bitter. It's almost soapy. Um, so I guess it depends on your tolerance for that kind of thing. Um, but not a bad beer. I mean, the imperial comes from that nine that nine percent. I'd imagine that's a think, that's a yeah, such I think, beer. <laughs> I think they just yeah they didn't know how else to label it. They're like, fuck, it's just it's so high. We need to give it a different label. So they call it imperial. Like they already had the uh, artwork, it was just the Voodoo Ranger <laughs> IPA, and like they're running through, like, holy shit, how much hops did you put in here? <laughs> oh fuck! All right, well, uh, slap an Imperial in front of that IPA. Yeah, uh, yeah. Call the call the art department. They need to <laughs> need to add a couple letters to the can. I think I think this is replacing Colt Forty Five. <laughs> yeah, there you go. Oh yeah, uh, Mitch. Between the melon cart and the mango cart, which do you prefer? Ooh, I don't remember. I'm. I'll. I'll let you know when I finish them both because I haven't had the mango card in a while. So I'll. Um. I. I'm doing the melon one right now. So I'll, when I try the mango one, I'll let you know. Okay. I thought you liked the watermelon. I. What I remember. Well. Yeah. Well. No. Well, the mango. This one is. So I had the other one. There was three of them, and this one was okay. the one I had first, and then I found a combo pack of two new ones. And I haven't had this one in a while, so I don't remember what it tastes like. So I have to wait. Okay. Um, also, just for the record, record straight, <laughs> that white thing I said was a total joke. Because obviously, I would make it as a joke because if, you, if, you, if you're a racist, then it shouldn't matter because Evan's white. And that's what I meant as a total joke. So just for the record, I was just thinking about that now, and I probably should have cleared that up right away. But I meant or, to be funny. I don't know. I think, I, no, uh, I think that was pretty, that was pretty obvious. Like, I'm, I'm white, but I'm technically a minority in Japan. <laughs> ha, ha, ha. Right. Type of thing, right? Okay, good. Uh, I just want, I just want to make, right. I, I felt awkward for a second. I was like, wait. I think I must have. I think I did a bad, bad. So I clear that up, <laughs> just to make it clear. Um, Evan, do you got something? Yeah, and I'm gonna leave it up to you guys to see which one of these I drink. So uh, both. Kiza, Kiza. Well, yeah, <laughs> most likely. Uh, Kiza Kuda is a sake brewery in southern Kyoto in Fushimi. Uh, it's a it's one of the southern wards of of Kyoto, and. There is a huge um, sake history there because the, of the clear water. Apparently, like well water has always been clear. There's a there's a several rivers, one main river running through Fushimi, and they've used that water for sake for generations. And Kizakura ended up going into craft brewery, 
a craft brewery into craft beer years and years ago. So they've been they've been doing beers. They're not great. Uh, lots of sake breweries that have dipped their uh, toes into making beer. There's just something about it that's off because to me they're coming at it from the wrong angle. But I guess that's that's my opinion. But um, so this is the sake brewery Kizakura's uh, two new beers. Uh, we have Ooh, the Devil's, the Devil's beer. beer, and this is an American Black Ale, five percent, okay. and then. <laughs> It's a little friend. I guess the only difference is, oh, man, look, that guy, he is Opposite so colors. high. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Opposite color schemes. Just, there was some movie like, my God, son, your eyes are as red as the devil's dick. I don't remember what movie that's from, but uh, excuse it's, my language. It's, it's like Dune, except, blue, except instead of blue eyes, it's red eyes. Yeah, I should be careful. My mic is right here. And then this one is a red session IPA. That's five percent. I'm gonna go. So we have the. I go with winky black face. Black ale. Winker. Winker. Uh, I'm gonna yeah. wink just yeah, for go the. Ahead. Just gonna wink just to like give you the wink for the go for it. I am really curious of what a black American black ale is though. He'll get to both. We'll make sure. Yeah. 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 So this is the, the beer in the red can, uh, the red session IPA at five percent. And. Oh man, this is going to be an Evan Poor. Oh wow, that's a real bad <laughs> Evan Poor. For people that's that don't know, dude. clarification: an Evan Poor is a bad Poor, which means he has a lot of head and little, little. I was going to say girth to his drink. <laughs> this is all. This is all beer, by the way. This is all beer. It doesn't just <laughs> evaporate, and I don't get any of it. Wow, that is lovely. Just How many sips? How many sips does it take to get to the center of this uh, Red Session IPA here? Wow. You know what? You know what I can't wait for, Evan? As we know, Keith listens to every episode, so I will expect a comment in the comments section going, Evan, what'd you do? Yeah. Yeah. So this says that the hop, it's got a bit of a tropical hoppy aroma. Uh, It's ever so faint. You do get the hops. It, 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 Smells like it's going to have that nice bitter bite that I'm always uh, looking for in an in IPA. Lots of Japanese breweries they try to take their shot in IPA, and if they don't do an American version of it, it ends up being slightly watery to me on the back end. But uh, uh, let's see if I can get in here. Got this big mustache too. See what happens. I thought I thought you said it smells like you were going to heaven, and I was like, what? <laughs> I thought you were gonna get some on the nose and then, uh, like, like. Uh, I kind of did. You couldn't see it on the camera. Yeah. <laughs> oh yeah, you have a. a... <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so so we do it in Belgium. Our audio's listeners, you are missing out. Please watch the YouTube version. It's so much better. Um, yeah, this is uh, this is good. This is a. Uh, you do get a bit of that um multi sweetness, but. It is in really, really good balance with the bitterness of the IPA. Um, maybe that's where the session comes from, where you're not going to get slapped in the face with uh, a heavy, heavy bitterness from the IPA, and it's more of a balance, but a little bit sweet. Yeah, that's a nice. That's that's the type of bitterness that I really like um, for my IPAs, and I've talked about this over and over and. It's a good, it's a good um, bitterness where it just builds and builds on your tongue the more that you uh, drink this beer. So, this is actually I'm surprised because as I said that they 
their beers haven't been amazing. This is probably the best one of theirs that I've had. So yeah, this is the uh, Red Session IPA at 5%. And yeah, I really like this. I'll have to uh, slow down I like, a bit. I like the color. Mm -hmm. I like yeah, the design. It's, um, Simplicity, yet it's very engaging. It's, it's dark. I mean, that's, yeah. real, that's, that's pretty damn dark. Um, decent um, kind of mountainous foam. It's uh, not uniform, which is a good sign. A decent carbonation, not too much. And uh, nice Brussels lace going on the... the the glass here. That's either because my glass is clean or the beer is good. Maybe a bit of both, but... Alright. Yeah, I like this. N good now, stuff. That, now that we've done our beers, people don't know the show, we now go to a video game topic. And, you know, Berghoff brought up this topic. It's kind of half Evans, but Berghoff brought it up first, so... Off and introduce your topic. You know, I was personally, I always, I always forget to say to you guys, being like, when you have a topic, tell me how you came upon this topic. Because I love the curiosity, being like, oh, this topic would be great for the show. Because obviously, it usually happens when you're doing something in games. So l let me know about yeah. it. Um, yeah. So this was a topic that Evan actually came up with, um, but one that I wanted to do because I think that um, we all have quite a bit to add to the conversation um and it is regarding signposting in video games or uh mise-en-scene um sort of how does the uh, environment of the game and the way that your character interacts with uh what's going on how does that drive you forward um both in um, a location sense and like a level sense, but also in a story and narrative sense. Um, so that's that's the topic. Evan, I don't know if you want to elaborate at all. Yeah, like as Mitch said, I usually just come up with a topic, and it's it it, it always has something to do with whatever game I'm playing at the time. And uh, I wish I would I. Uh, could remember whenever I initially brought this topic up of what game I had been playing when I was talking about signposting. Uh, it might have been a bad one. That's my feeling. I, I think it was. But I, I think it was. Sure. A, I think it was a game that I suggested. Um, and you're like, the, you 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 were like, no, the signposting horrible in this. I thought you said it was Uncharted because it's just like what what why is everything white or everything yellow. We're talking about ledges. I mean, that's one of the obvious conversations that we can definitely get into. Um, I don't know. How do you guys want to tackle this? Are we just going to bring up some video games? Uh, well, you specifics? said you said we're going categories. Well, you said some things were frustrating. So, like, let's let's get to the nitty gritty. I don't remember which game I specifically was playing when I. Um, does it? Does anyone yeah. else have anything? immediate that comes to mind for this while I try to wrap my brain so um, I think the most obvious is um, open world games with like map markers and um, UI elements where like you see the next location that's like off in the distance you have to go get um, oh. and that's sort of like the laziest way um, that games do it um, but it's pretty common um, you know, Far Cry, um, Skyrim, it does it in Cyberpunk, um, yeah, 
how do you guys feel about that? Now, I, I'm of two minds with the very specific. You can place a marker on the map, and it sh no matter where you are, if you're behind a wall or the other direction, it will show you which direction you need to go and exactly how how many meters uh, until you get to that said marker. And even if you don't specifically put your own marker on the map, if it's a um, main story mission, usually they'll have the auto marker on the map for you. And I don't even know if you can turn that stuff off. Far Cry's pretty good with kind of on and off switches for that stuff and options. Um, so I'm of two minds because, one, I don't want to waste time not knowing how the hell to get somewhere. But two, I think design-wise, depending on the game, it's an easy way out so that... I guess open world is slightly different, but it's an easy way out so the designers don't have to come up with maybe clever ways to signpost and lead you to where you need to go. Uh, but then there are times when I'm playing a game, it's like, I don't want to be lost right now. I just want to... I got... Whatever. I have 40 minutes to play this game, and I want to get from A to B, and I want to know exactly how to get there. Most um, creative yeah. open world yeah. signposting I've ran into in games recently, and we'll go into, I guess we'll break this up between open world and not open world. So open world, Ghost of Tsushima, um, you know, the thing can be, it's like, I mean, when we're talking about open world signposting, specifically we're talking about, you know, they they kind of have to show you where to go exactly. And so like, it yeah. is the way they're showing you an interesting way. Is it giving you a proper way to find the destination? It's so, like an example, like GTA has really good signposting because they paint the road on which direction you need to go. So you're not running into, you know, a house or something because you're trying you have to go around the house. You have to take the road around the house and get up the hill. Like it's that's great signposting because it it takes you through the roads, the only direction you really need to go to be able to get to where you need to go. Where in like with Ghost of Tsushima as well, like the wind, the wind is great signposting. It's not this giant way marker. You know, you can create one if you want to, but if you want to do it with the wind, the wind will give you the direction of which where you need to go, and it's enough that it's it's intriguing. Um, it messes with the environment, which is fun. So it's visually and it's visually stimulating. Um, so and then there's also like the 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 bird. So when when there's a side thing to do, the the yellow jay bird will ever will come next to you and then will lead you in the direction of where you want to go. So then you're following the bird instead of following a waypoint. So like it's it's a way to naturally create in the environment uh, a waypoint system without feeling like, oh my God, I'm doing this waypoint system where here's the waypoint and this is where I need to go and blah, blah, blah. And it's like, no, like the wind's leading me and it's it's all about open for opportunity. But then, you know, for something like GTA, you don't want to be open for opportunity because you don't want to run your car into to a, into a house trying to go up a hill to get to, you know, Mac daddy street corner to go shoot up some gang members in the corner. Like, um, like it's, it's, it's just, it's good signposting. Um, but I think also like there's, uh, but when we're talking about, oh, well, let's just stick to open world. So I think those are two like great examples of open world signposting. I can't believe I'm saying something good about GTA right now. <laughs> one one thing about the uh, setting waypoints in let's just say GTA 5 uh, 
it's just a very it, it solves a very important problem where the reason that it's in there is so that you don't have to keep pressing going to your checking your map and going back and forth in your map and making sure you're going the right way what also makes right. sense because in real life we use gps and that's what gps would take you <laughs> it actually does make sense yeah it does make sense now like that let's just say like that device is in it's on the dashboard of, mm -hmm. of the car right. and your character is is using it in that way and yeah it's just let's just not uh, if, if you want to get lost you don't just don't set a waypoint but uh it's just one of those easy solvable problems where i don't want to keep hitting start and going to my menu to find the map because i don't know where i'm going or double checking it when, when i turn left type of thing yeah well, I think so. That's one example. Another um, more deliberate way to get you from point A to point B, um, something like G um, Call of Duty, where the action itself just sort of drives you forward. So, even though you're more or less like you can't really go outside of the bounds of you know whatever they've um, you know whatever the roller coaster they've designed for you is. Um, you sort of get the the feeling that you have to go this direction because this is you know like where all of the action is driving you towards um as a counter to the open world though i think one of my favorite games is morrowind and um morrowind doesn't tell you explicitly where you need to go on the map it it you have to garner those things from your journal entries um and you have to like figure it out from talking to people Oh, that annoys um, so the crap out of me. <laughs> so it's like the it's it's the extreme <laughs> in the in the other direction, you know. Like you're sort of free to wander wherever the hell you want, but in order to progress um, the story or the quest or whatever, you really have to pay attention to the specific details um, of the interactions that you've had with different characters and things. Well, I think if the game oh. does a good job, like if like I, mean, I haven't played Morrowind, so I can't say for say Morrowind, but I can say like in Ghost of Tsushima, like they have said like, oh yeah, it's over by these the things with the two trees, and like you do have to use the environment around you because it gives you a section of the map that you have to look around to find the area to match with the landscape of what you're looking for, and I think that does work when it's distinct and it's like very iconic to find. Whereas like, you know, I don't know about Morrowind specifically, but if they're like, Oh yeah, it's be it's behind the two trees in the rock. And it's like, well, there's like 500, two trees in a rock. So like, which two trees in the rock is it lady? Like, come on. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, Berkhoff, do you think like, obviously Morrowind came out before a lot of the quality of life improvements in open worlds kind of right. came about. Do you think that type of story telling and signposting or lack thereof has a place in games now? Or would you prefer, let's just say, if they were going to remaster Morrowind, would, would you prefer the option to do more uh, contemporary signposting or like waypoint markers or keep it, keep it as, as is? Yeah, so I, going back to sort of what you were talking about earlier, it depends on the mood, right? So if you're in a mood where you don't want to think about those things, you pick up a game that just fucking tells you where to go. Um, I think if if it did have the option, um, 
yeah, I would probably use it, but it would depend on how he's feeling that night or that day or, you know. Um, hey, I want to get lost today. You want to get lost? Let's get lost. Yeah. yeah so if it was a if it was a weekend, right, uh, like a Sunday or something, and I could sit down and just, I've got you know six hours to just sit and play video games, and this is the game that I'm going to play. I would probably turn it off. But if I'm coming home after work and like oh, I've got 40 minutes to an hour to game, I'm turning this on so I can get through this quest and I can, you know, at least feel accomplished for my hour. And back to Mitch's uh, note about Ghost of Tsushima, I think that is a very good middle point, a middle ground to make in waypointing where it's diegetic. Uh, meaning like it, everything's taking place in game so it's a bird leading you towards a point of interest it's the fox leading you towards the shrines and it's the right. wind guiding you to your waypoint without it being part of the UI which you could argue is technically intrusive especially in a game like that and um, I think it works there in in that way and they've they figured out a way to make it uh, yeah less intrusive uh, another game, a, a game that is uh, very, very explicit, maybe o overly so, is Horizon Zero Dawn, where you'll put a m marker somewhere, and it will tell you how close you are to like the next turn. So you're you're, you're actually it, it it basically okay your your marker is um, a mile away, and it's gonna show you the way in like tenths. Like, okay, you go here, okay, now go here, go here. You could technically argue that that's diegetic as well because she has the focus machinery on her the side of her head, which basically, like, eight, like maps out uh, the, the space, and that's how she uses to solve puzzles in that. Uh, but it is one of those things where, yeah, walking around this city that has stairways... And lots of verticality is kind of confusing and how to get... I just want to get out... I want to get out of the north um, entrance to the city. But I don't know how to get there, so I'm just going to put the pointer down. However, it does take away a bit of that getting lost aspect to it. And then you run into the problem of relying on it too much to where when you take out the, mar the markers out of the... Um, or just turn them off, then all of a sudden you're completely lost because you've been relying on them for, for the whole game. Look at games like um, the Arkham series, specifically the first one. Imagine trying to play that game without uh, Bat Vision, Detective Vision. How often did you just click, keep clicking that button? Because the game never yeah. really teaches you to look at the space or like points of interest in a, in a room. Because well, you can always rely on the Bat Vision to show you the highlighted orange thing. And I think that actually like takes away from. It works because it's Batman, right? But there's something about that game. Same with Assassin's Creed. You just keep clicking that Eagle Vision, Eagle Vision, Eagle Vision. What's the main thing I'm supposed to be looking at? Sift through all the bullshit, and it it it's like the 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 developers rely overly relying on that for people to find things in the environment. I disagree. Now, I think. Um, when looking at the Batman example that you used. I think it depends on the player and how they play. And I think that also comes in the context when we're talking about Assassin's Creed Odyssey as well. 
um, because you could play with basically with almost completely without detective vision in the Batman Arkham game because the visual language is there to state, oh, you can break this wall. Oh, um, this is openable because of the because like either there's cracks on the ground and the cracks are enough that you can put the paste on there and make it explode. Like there is visual language there without detect without detective vision. It's just for some people, it's easier to do that now. Just because I would, it is, I would say for most uh, but, most people, but just like be, how many people want play but, that game without detective? But vision? but just because it's there does not mean you have to constantly use it. You know. Well, I mean that's true. Are you? I think the game because, wants because, you to use because it. Because basically, sure. you're saying like, then they should just not make. Then they should just like find ways in the game to shut it off, and then I can't use it, and then I have to like see in the environment and work around the environment. That's basically Take all your powers away. Yeah, at the beginning and then, of the and game. then you'd be mad, being like, why? Why do I not have detective vision anymore? They gave me detective vision all throughout this game, and now I can't use it anymore. And and to be honest, yeah, could you play with the game with detective vision on all the time? Sure. But the game would look really crappy because <laughs> it's just three colors. It's blue, yellow, and red. Um, I think and yeah, so- I think um, it's a little of both, right? So I didn't use it until the game told me that I needed to use it. Correct. Same and, then there, and, then, and then there were times where I was so frustrated that that was all I could do because I couldn't figure it out. Which uh, then it gives them a, a, it's like a cheat. It's like for you to like be like, if I can't figure it out myself. Use Detective Vision. And for the people that say, fuck this, I don't want to try to figure it out, they can just put on Detective Vision. It's like, for example, uh, Odyssey. I didn't want to do the whole, like, fly with the eagle, look for the landmarks. I was like, fuck that bullshit. Give me waypoints. Like, I'm not going to. Because I know this game is going to take up hundreds of hours of my time, which it didn't because I quit too soon because <laughs> it sucks. Um, and uh, I, I quit. Got to get that in there. I just got to get that in there. Just get the jab. Um, <laughs> um, but I quit. Uh, but I did change it to where I just get straight up waypoints because I was like, I'm not going to spend it. And they're like, oh, yeah, you, we can, you can see the environment. I was like, that's bullshit. You just want to find a way to make the game last longer so I spent so more time on your game. No, not happening because it's boring. Flying in Actually, is so boring. I actually did like that in uh, no. Origins. I no. Mm. I well, I liked it because um, it's it's almost uh, like an ADD thing in in the earlier Assassin's Creed games where it's so it's so populated with icons that like you it's just so don't dense. know. You just don't even know. Like I don't. It's almost it's almost intimidating to even open the fucking map. Like I don't I don't want to get into this because I don't even know what I'm supposed to do. You it's know? like you have twelve homework assignments due in like twenty four hours and you don't know which one. It's like which one do I tackle first? This <laughs> like, this this one's due in an hour. Wait, no, but I, this one's due at three and I don't know which one to tackle first. <laughs> right. Well, right. what is that? What is that? A uh, psychological thing? It's like the Netflix uh, thing where like if a person is given more than twelve choices. It's too overwhelming to... And they just give up, and they look kind of different And they just give up, or they spend 20 minutes... I'm talking about myself. Spend 20 minutes looking at my fucking Netflix list, and then I just turn it off. Just turn turn on Squid Game, and you're good. Just watch Squid Game, and you're good. But, uh, so, I found the original conversation when we were talking about signposting, and it was a pretty heated debate that we had over The Witness. So, that was a game that I... I loved, uh, and you had an issue with, and this is where the topic came from. 
Ooh. Okay. Oh, is this where it came from? Yeah. What signposting? Um, yeah. The witness doesn't know such words. Not in the vocabulary <laughs> of um. What are you talking about? It does a great job teaching you the puzzle and then being able to move forward with the next puzzle. To it does a great puzzle. job. It does a great job of slowly teaching you the puzzle if you happen on the puzzle that initially teaches the new thing, and then you just get further and you're like. Am I supposed to be here? I, I I don't know what's going on. Let me go back. Some of my favorites are a puzzle wow, within a really puzzle within a puzzle. Wow, this is really taking a long puzzle. time to go back. Why can't I run faster? Oh, that's not what this game is. Oh, I get it now. All right, don't know how to do that puzzle. A black dot. I didn't. They didn't teach me. Am I am I in the right place? Off. <laughs> My favorite. I like the beginning of it. My favorite. I uh, like the beginning of my it. My favorite thing, and it's like it's not a spoiler because obviously, like it's a puzzle game. You can't really spoil puzzles unless you spoil a solution. But I love that one of the puzzles was like because you can take these boats around the entire island. Yeah. Literally, one puzzle is the entire island. Yeah. Once you once you figure that out, um, there's a moment like once you. Once you unlock uh, one or two of the main areas and you uh, reach high enough ground, at least for me, this is the way that it happened. Once I reached high enough ground, that was when I saw, oh, like the larger puzzles inside of uh, the, puzzle. the puzzles. That's crazy. Yeah. It's like a puzzle with an, it's, it's inception. Puzzle, the puzzles, it, it the is. puzzles. Yeah. I think it I does think- a a decent job of I'm sorry Berkoff, I would take Evan's side I think it does do bad sign uh, bad bad um, posting in regards to posting. yeah in, in regards to leading the player in the right direction um, I do like the game itself but I, I will admit that it, it could do a better job of being like this is the first puzzle you really should tackle and then maybe maybe guide you through like three puzzles like in, in, in an order um it kind of does that in the beginning for a tiny bit when it teaches you basic rules, but then when it opens very, up, very, yeah, it, this... it does not really like. I wish it led you a little more to give you more rules to work with, so that when you went out and explored more, you felt like you had a more grasp of what was going on. Okay, so I'll, I'll start... pose this. Uh, go. Uh, I'll, I want to pose a question about another puzzle game to you, but sorry, you can. Uh, so the the starting area in the witness is extremely small. And it does not do a, a very good job of explaining like what the greater island is going to be like. Um, but I think part of the design of the game is the, he knew that you were going to get frustrated. And uh, by he, I mean Jonathan Blow. Jonathan Blow knew that whoever picked up this game was going to get frustrated at certain points. Having the freedom of just wandering wherever you wanted to in the game and not having it tell you you have to do certain things or be in certain places was very deliberate so that you could just wander around and it it didn't really matter that you were stuck you know in one area or frustrated on one puzzle just walk away did he stop to think that like not many people have the patience to do that it or should, it should have had a run button I, I agree with that. Yeah. It should have had a run button, but um, yeah. It's I like just, the okay. one time they say blow just, you, Jonathan, blow. <laughs> <laughs> my One of my biggest issues with this game is I'm at a puzzle and I'm like, I don't know. 
I am unsure that I have all the tools necessary to solve this puzzle. Whereas in a game, <clears throat> by the way, 2021 Game of the Year contender, the Talos Principle, <laughs> yeah. every puzzle in that game, I know 100% I have everything I need to be able to figure this puzzle out. It's just down to me to figure it out. That's where the witness loses me. Mm. If I knew, if the game could tell me, like, you have everything you need to figure this puzzle out, then I know, like, I just have to focus and, and figure out how to do it. But I, I didn't know. Maybe if they named the concepts as saying, this is the concept of the black dot. And then and then when you when you go to the, that puzzle, it's saying, like, maybe it checks off saying, you've done the black dot puzzle. You've done the red or dot so, puzzle. Or some sort of visual cue. Some sort of extra signposting. We're like, this region, okay, this is the... You know, like, whatever, you, you do your tier of, like, gold, purple, blue, green, like, this is the blue section, like, okay, this, this gets extensively harder going this direction or something like that. Also, you're like a, you're a robot in the Talos Principle, and you can fucking run so fast, it is awesome. <laughs> you can just, whoosh, immediately, I'm like, this is great, this is great. I, I don't, I, okay, I can't figure this puzzle out, I'm gonna go over there, and you're there in, like, five seconds. It's yeah. great. Do you think the witness would lose anything, Burkoff, if they section the game off in the very specific way they do with the Talos principle? Yes. Yeah. Okay. I, and I say that because um, the the witness is very much um, I don't want to say a spiritual successor, but it's definitely um, it definitely takes from Mist. Sure. Um, and Mist, ironically, I was talking with um, the the guy that owns the comic shop down the street from my house. And he just got the the Mist remaster that they did, um, which you can play in VR. And so both of him, both him and I played the original Mist when it came out, because that was like the first game that you could get on CD for your PC. That was like a big deal, right? Um, and we were talking about it, and, and I was like, "Yeah, I downloaded it because it's on Game Pass too." I downloaded it and um, went to go play it, and I, I have no idea how i even got through this as a kid like i have no idea where things. To, i have no idea where to go i don't like any of that stuff i just totally forgot it and he's like yeah the same thing for me like but the witnesses has that same design philosophy of um it, it's it's just up to you like if you want to interact with the game the more you interact with it the the more you're gonna discover type of thing I think they than... do section off the game. I just don't think they do it smart enough. Well, it's it, so it is sectioned off because they do three and... sections: the castle, the forest, and then one other section. I can't remember. It's, like, it's been a while. There's like, there's like four or five actually. Well, there's um, three to start, and then they branch off even more as you get once you get past those three main sections. Yeah, because yeah, the, well, the, there's a couple of different forest areas. There's the the one with the audio puzzle. And then there's the the tree houses, and then there's the um, the desert area, and then the desert area underneath has uh, like a cavern that you go through, which those puzzles are really cool. But um, yeah, I think it's very deliberate. I think it's based on um, the design philosophy of Mist, which is sort of an archaic design philosophy. It's not. It's not very modern, you know. Mm -hmm. Um. Sorry, sorry. This is the obligatory um, grocery unboxing. <laughs> Every single week. Uh, 
Every single week, yeah. Um, okay, so, and here's the thing with John, Jonathan, Jonathan Blow. I've played mm -hmm. Braid so many times. The first time, again, this is when I lived in Chicago. My brother and I, we played through Braid together. A very, very smart creating game. I'd never played anything like it, especially like, oh, you can download games from the internet? Like, it's not a physical right. copy that's in stores. It's crazy. Right. Jonathan Blow is obviously a very smart person. And if that's his design philosophy and he doesn't want to make a more hand-holdy version of, of The Witness, that's totally fine. It's the same thing like, look, if Metroid Dread or Souls games had an easy mode, if that's what the developers want, that's fine. But if they say, no, that's, that's not what we want, that's not our philosophy, that's also fine. So... Um, yeah, like, and, and Burkoff, you know now, because I think maybe initially, you're like, oh, Evan can't play tactics games, and he doesn't like The Witness because he's a big dum-dum. Uh, <laughs> I never said that. I, I, I know, I, you've never said that, by the way. <laughs> uh, but maybe in the back of the mind, you're thinking a little bit, like, he just, he doesn't like to be challenged in that way. Like, he can play a game on hard, but if he really, if he really needs to massage his, uh, his, uh, tactical his, mu brain his muscles, he can yeah, his gray matter, he can't do it. But now you know, I, I, I beat the Talos Principle without looking up a single puzzle. So you know that's which, not the case. Which is very impressive, yeah. And I saw you but, started some of the um, Road to Gehenna, which is... Those puzzles are so... Dude, I, I, was so, I was so cocky, admittedly. I went to the first... You know, there's like uh, four sections. I went to the first one, did all those puzzles. I'm like, man, I am so good at this game, by the way. <laughs> and then I went to the second part, and there's a puzzle in the middle of it. I cannot, for the life of me, figure out what the hell to do. Like, I'm stumped. Completely stumped. So I, I've walked away from it. I do want to return for it, to yeah, it, because I, that game's amazing. I've never finished The Road to Ghana, so, yeah. It's so hard. In a, in a good way and also a bad way, because it makes me feel stupid. But that's, that's a story for another time, but... Uh, Definitely. Yeah, so I, you know, the witness is is its own thing. Like I, I get it. It's a it's a design philosophy thing. So make your guess, gentlemen. Which one do I like more? I think I'm you like the melon, melon or the mango. The melon, uh, the, the melon. Yeah, the red. Na, 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 mango. Na, mango. Oh wow! All right. He changed teams halfway through. So what about you, Mitch? Have you ever had a game where you just felt utterly lost um, and were like, screw this game, I'm not going to play it anymore? Witcher 3. <laughs> really? No, seriously. Yeah, I got right into it, and I was like, well, there's other reasons for that context, but it was... Nah, I actually wouldn't blame the game for its for its, for its stuff. Um, because I'd say the, I said The Witcher 3 because... I didn't have any context of what the hell was going on. Um, the combat was janky. Um, the first yeah. mission had me go on, had a really bad combat in a just bad scenario in general. So never mind. I changed my mind. It's not The Witcher 3. Um, for just signposting. That's so hard because I think... Dude, this guy is swishing. First he says melon, then he says mango. <laughs> <laughs> no, he says the Witcher three, then he says no. He's changing his mind well, all I over think, the place. Well, I think the 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 thing for me is that signposting is not as much of an issue in in the games I've played since I was a kid. I guess maybe I would say okay, okay, I got one now. Um, I actually enjoyed the, I enjoyed this game, so the fact that I'm gonna list this game 
but it's uh, whenever I think of signposting, I think of older games, and so I'm thinking of something like Final Fantasy VIII. Like okay. I couldn't figure out what to do in Final Fantasy VIII because the They're, lack of yeah. signposting and the lack of allowing you the ability to understand what is next, either regards of saying like, here's a journal entry and this is what you should be doing now or a waypoint on a map to know what you'd be doing. Like Berkhoff, you'd be shocked to hear this, but actually you may not be shocked to hear this. Who knows? You can tell me. You can tell me if you're gasped or not, which is <laughs> uh, it is after you do the very first mission um, for the school for your graduation, and then you are told to go on your first real-life mission after being a cadet, and I didn't know you had to take the train to leave the town. I spent for hours just going around all over oh, the yeah, school, yeah. then the town, then the outside. I didn't even know you had to take the freaking train. I had to look it up. Like, that's how bad some of the old games are in regards to leading you in the direction you need to go. And it's reliant. And we talked about this in regards to when we were talking about Metroid Dread. And, you know, I just said, like, you know, I don't mind if games do that, but I want games to offer a choice. So if someone gets stuck, to give them the ability to help the player. Because sometimes it's... For something like my example with Metroid Dread was like it, it's be it's stupid for being stupid, not stu- because it's stupid for just wanting to just be just like the genre that it was before it, not because it was a smart d- d- design decision to go. Let's hide how to open up, or if you get lost, let's not tell you how to get out of it because people want to enjoy your game and being lost isn't enjoyable i don't think anybody could tell you being lost is enjoyable so i think as long as games i think games nowadays do more with choice and i think that's awesome because you look at the example of you know uh, assassin's creed odyssey it gave me the option to say hey do you want to do this really stupid option where you can take the eagle and fly around and look for the look for the markers and i'm like hell no i don't want to do that just give me the freaking waypoint because i could care less about what your what the environment looks like because i know your stories are stupid anyway so let me just get through this game and i didn't get through it but anyway um but at least it offered (laughs) me a choice just like ghost of shishima is like if you don't want to deal with the stupid wind you can turn on the waypoint but i find the wind compelling because it's different and it's it's fun it's natural and it's stimulating in many different capacities and i felt like it wasn't another game where i had to go from waypoint to waypoint where because it was wind it felt like it was natural and that i could naturally explore around the environment and i was more interested in actually exploring the environment all around me because i felt like i wasn't confiscate uh wasn't uh um uh pushed because i had to go to this waypoint it's like the wind is saying you should go this way but you don't have to go this way because something is interesting over here and you can go explore there and i think the game did really well of that so i think I think when I think of older games, that's where I think of when signposting was really, really bad. And I think nowadays games do a good job of being able to signpost for the players. And now I think even when games try to go back to how the olden days were, which is not a bad thing, if it's really good design, you'll know what to do and you'll know where to go and you'll and it'll be fun for you as the player. But then for the player that doesn't want to deal with that and deal with the fact of getting lost because we all have busy lives and there's a lot of games out there to play, I like it gives me the option to say, screw it. Give me a waypoint. Like, that's awesome. Yeah. That's a long way to say old games are crappy signposters. (laughs) I mean, that's just like they were still trying to figure out how to do those things, especially in 3D spaces. 
Um, well, I think. Well, I, I think about I, old games I, where like I would all dis- you did is move to the right. But I would dis- no But I would disagree, Evan. Speed. I think Tomb Raider was probably one of the best signposting games for not signposting. For its time. Uh, for its time. The original, the original Tomb Raider. Or? Yeah, the original Tomb Raider. I think the some of the original first two Tomb Raiders are some of the best signposting for not signposting. That's okay. Because I the because de- the design was go- the design was good enough on its I own. I would just I would disagree. I would say that it's uh, the design was intuitive for some people, but I had trouble with uh, two in particular of trying to figure out where the hell to go and and what. Um, what you need, you know, what button to flip and all that kind of stuff. Like, I don't, I don't feel like it really tells you. Wait a minute. Or... Wait a minute. Mitch, you're not, you're are not you a saying, wait, Mitch, are you saying that it is okay to get lost and discover things for yourself? What I'm trying to say is Tomb Raider is the Tomb Raider of Metroid. It's okay. To, that, <laughs> does that make any sense? What I just said, it kind of does. Wrong. In Metroid games, Wrong. in Metroid games, it's okay to get lost. Wrong. Figure it out yourself. Don't signpost. Wrong. <laughs> do, you have, do you have a Do you have a copy of Tomb Raider in your vicinity? If If you do, I want you to grab it and show it to I the would, camera. I would I, love I, for I, him to grab. That would be amazing. <laughs> no, I don't. Have, you've, no, I don't. you've done it before. Yeah, I don't have my old games yet. I'm getting them shipped to me, so I will have okay, them soon. So, so when you say it was great. For not signposting, I've never played any of the old Tomb Raider games. What, uh, what do you mean? Um, it led you, most of the time it led you it, because there was it wasn't like an open world, so it only had a few options to go through. Yeah. And then when you found keys, it the game did a design did a really good job of like say I went say I needed a key for a door, and it lead me to another corridor, and I go through that corridor and I find the key instead of double backing it naturally found ways to like you know you found a trap door and then it it, it makes you end around yeah. and it leads you back to where the door is so then you didn't have or to you... worry about retrying to figure out how to do all that stuff now the game did offer you incentives so like when an example in the first game when you found a way to um when you found a way to i think it was split the waterfall um, in one, I think it's the second level of the game. It actually opened... is that a euphemism for something? No, no not that sorry. I love. When you find a I way apologize. to split, that's okay. <laughs> when you find a way to split the water waterfall open in the in the in the, I think it's like the second second or third level. I think it's, actually it's the third level. Um, you can actually climb up the waterfall again, and then you can find hidden weapons in the back, and like that's a way of offering like exploration and rewards without signposting it's like a but, secret area right you get rewarded right, for exactly it. yeah i get i get what mitch is saying um you but can have great based... you have a great date game design with no signposting well it's because of the limited options though because the the original two mirror games were sort of limited to uh either you got to do this stuff for a puzzle or you're going to trigger an enemy encounter and there's like, nothing wrong are... with that no, I know, but th- that's like the two things. So if you're wandering around in an area and neither one of those things has happened, you know that you need to go in a different direction. Until okay. you hit that point where, like, oh, I've triggered an enemy encounter, kill the enemies, okay, I'm going in the right direction. 
that that is signposting in its own way. Mm, I yeah, when say enemies that, appear, I you're, say you're on that right necessarily. Track. Because there's I mean, there's some that's... levels where there's almost no enemies, and it's like if there's sometimes well, you have to just you... discover the environment of where you have to do your traversal to be able to get into another area. Right, or it's like a puzzle area where you're like encountering, like, oh, okay, here's something new. I'm flipping a switch, or yeah, I'm climbing a wall. Yeah. But, but I that's, mean, still, that's, that's, that's still signposting. I would call that design more than signposting. Well, it's a, it's a part of the design, yeah. The, the way in which you're guiding your player through the levels. I, again, I would just call it really good design that like it has signposting without being signposting. Okay. Because like signposting, yeah, I, signposting is like explicit. It's it's bam. It's like you're going in the right direction, and it's it's like yeah, well, it can be it can be subtle as well. There's degrees of signposting. I think. I was gonna say one of the things that I hate the most about cyberpunk is that freaking uh, yellow. <laughs> Uh, exclamation point! You don't love the is, yellow? Come on, come on! The yellow no, is a staple, man. The yellow is a staple. There's a yellow exclamation point. Every everything yep. that you need to do, like whatever quest you have uh, assigned or whatever, there's, and it's always visible. It's, it's not like it's not like it. It's not like it appears like when you get close it's like, enough turn it or whatever. The it's off, just, man. Or at least like um. I don't know. Find a way to guide me in the direction, then turn it on when I'm like super close. Yeah. But, but you can literally be on like one end of the, and the quest is on the total opposite. It's going to take you, you know, twenty minutes to drive from one area to the to the next, and there's that yellow freaking exclamation point, and you're staring at that the entire time you're driving, and you're like, God damn it! Like I know where I have to go. <laughs> You don't need to constantly right. remind like, me. Shut the f up, game. Like I know what to do. <laughs> you know, we've yeah. we've all played um, enough video games to where we subconsciously or just we're aware of uh, general signposting in games. It's uh, I don't remember what game it was, but I was playing something and I think Her Majesty was watching me and I'm like just following this. Uh, general path and there's like a lot of things going on in the environment but i'm just like going to like how did you know how to to go that way i'm like oh there was a light on like in the because so and then, and that's another way that people signpost and obviously depending on your game i don't remember a game i was playing but a more modern game like you turn a corner and the, the you know obviously they design these ways it's like funneling you in very specific ways you turn the corner and it's dark and just over there there's a house with like a light on it's like oh that light you Obviously, just yeah. you gotta go that way no matter what but this, to people that don't play games or maybe depending on what genres you're used to playing that might not naturally occur to you you turn the corner and you just start looking around and that light is not it's not a flashing excl yellow exclamation point or whatever per se but it's an interesting way of like directing your attention towards something or maybe there's something out of place in the environment there's a there's a pillar that has fallen over that's broken down right. it's just some some something in the environment that looks off or that naturally will draw your eye towards it mm -hmm. uh, is something that uh, lots of games do and um i know Erebus jones will be uh quite quite happy to hear this but uh i think one game that does great signposting without necessarily being um 
very explicit in your face about it is Breath of the Wild. I think it is a great middle point of... It is. Well, and the fact that you can choose. um, So, like, you can choose to mark uh, visual stuff that you see while you're on a tower or whatever. That's I was not, gonna bring that's it up. Not, that's not even signposting. That's you creating your own signposting. No, no, no. It's it is signposting because it's giving you visual markers. It's things that are visually interesting to you. And the the fact that you're able to label them uh, yourself is is a good mechanic. They because only, they, on, they only do it. Not, they only do it because there's nothing else in the world to look at. Oh well, my god, okay. it's like one of the worst it's, sentences. I, no, no most, there's, there's the most stuff barren, around every single some, corner. It's the most barren world ever. It is one there of the is most... There is always something to look the re- at. The reason why... Something there... to draw your eye no, in every di- direction. Dude, go back and watch that. It was, um, I, I believe it was a GDC. Uh, it might have been GDC or like a Tokyo Game Show um, presentation where they were... Um, Nintendo was talking about, or like the, the devs of... Breath of the Wild were talking about the design philosophy of Breath of the Wild, and they were talking about how in this giant open world that is full of many things, and it's not barren at all, no, there's plenty of barren areas, but that's kind of the point, where how do you, like we were just talking they, about, they only how did do that you... because the, 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 uh, the Wii U couldn't run that much stuff in the environment, so they basically justified being like, oh yeah, we purposely made it like there's nothing in there because it's like it's like no, your your That's... your hardware was so shitty it couldn't even run a barren wasteland in good in good frame rates. Well, you did a yeah, you actually did a really really almost perfect job of exactly how the guy said that when he was on stage. That was almost uncanny the cadence <laughs> put his hands up too he's like well, i'm just kidding <laughs> hey, i beat i got 120 shrines on the wii u and the switch there's not that much difference in that game but the, the main point is what what they did was if you're going in any single direction they're always going to put something um just around a curve or a mountain like we said with the light drawing your attention there is they purposely put something that's going to draw your eye towards it so that you have you know you have this feeling of of exploration again it's a lot of a lot of haters a lot of breath of the wild haters here but i think that game does a great job of making you feel like you're in this world and you want to explore it and you're on a giant adventure uh with a giant with... adventure of nothing <laughs> what are you talking about like 250 hours in that game. I, I still want to play it. Yeah, you. I, I yeah, can't you. Get my hand... You and your your Zelda. You, you and it's it's like Rafa and his GTA. Take take your take your take your shot and enjoy it and, and let everyone else talk about it. In the... <laughs> hey, I I I I am not. I'm critical of Zelda games when they're bad. Skyward Sword is a terrible game. Actually, I think to, uh, Tomb Raiders and I should. I want to do an episode dedicated to trashing Skyward Sword because he hates that game as much as I do. Um, <laughs> to be honest, but anyways, uh, I agree or I'm, not, I, I personally, you personally think, think that, but I, I personally think you're very wrong because that's not one of it's 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 not very good in many different ways. Why don't you leave uh, me alone and drink your melon? Sorry, it's not. Mango it's not. Here, let me re-say that. It's not as good. It's a good game. It's just not a great game, and it's not the best game ever made, and it definitely got the biggest Nintendo butt I've ever seen in my god-fucking-life because it is a no, bad... No, no. It is a terrible open-world game. It is a terrible open-world game. 
Mitch, you are forgetting that Skyward Sword got a 10 out of 10 from IGN. If there was oh ever a Zelda game to trash and that is overrated, it has yeah. to be a 10 out of 10 for Skyward Sword. Hey, where's the camera? N never forget. Never forget that. Have we all, have we all played Sword. Firewatch? No. You oh, played yes. Firewatch? Okay. Yeah. What do you think uh, signposting? Uh, signposting, I think it's really good. Uh, it it's a small environment though, so um, the fact they're that good at making it feel bigger than it is, I think they true. Yeah, that. yeah, yeah. It does feel bigger than it is, but the fact that it's a small area, um, it's it's not difficult to to lose your way, and it's easy game to to point you in the right direction. Right. I think it helps that it's kind of natural where you have the uh I for I, I forgot the woman's name who's in the kind of the Oh it's been yeah it's been like your supervisor, she's in the high tower. She directs you through a radio to yep. places that you're supposed to be going. And then from there you kind of get down from your um I keep calling it a high tower. What what is that? Your watch. That structure yeah. called. Um I, once you get on, once you get on the ground, then you kind of slowly the game will signpost you towards what what you're trying to do. But they kind of make it; they still make it feel like you're in, where some giant national park in the middle of nowhere. Yeah, and While, there's, lots of, yeah. there's lots of nooks and crannies too, because there's the the different campsites that you discover, and there's um, it's really interesting um, what that game is able to do. Um, because you are alone the entire time. Um, even though you're you're talking with, uh, trying to find out what her name is. I'm looking at the Wikipedia Daphne, article. Diane. Um, hey, Denise. if you don't have enough money to animate faces, Denise, her first person, Denise. Right. Denise. Okay, is it first person? No, game? no. I'm just no every every woman is named Denise okay. in a video game. Delilah. 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 <laughs> Who calls a lady Delilah in a video game? All right. Uh, two. Come on, man. Two. Plain white t-shirts. The final question to wrap yeah. this all up. What is the future of signposting? I think it's going to be a combination. I think um, studios are going to get better at the diegetic storytelling um, and diegetic navigation, right? So... Like you were saying with Ghost of Tsushima, where the wind tells you where to go, or the fox tells you where to go, um, or Morrowind, you know, your journal, you on what next town you need to visit. Um, I think there's going to be a combination of those things and the quality of life. Hey, let me just turn this on. Give me a waypoint marker, um, and let me, you know, follow an icon. I think that that's the future is is the option of either immersing yourself or um, stepping back and just playing and just gamifying the game. Evan, let me tell you, I think games are going to get really, really windy from here on out. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> they buy it, actually, yeah. Right, right. You know, you know what? His, like, oh, this his, this I, game takes place in Chicago. Here I was expecting you to say, like, Breath of the Wild is the future. <laughs> Water. Water oh, is Breath the future? Breath of the Wild is the future of the entire human 
world here, the civilization. No, human um, existence relies I, on Breath of the Wild. I I do appreciate that at least, like whether or not you like the game, at least they looked at like Ubisoft a Ubisoft map for like an AC game and said we got to do something better than this. This is getting out of hand. And right. then they put the markers like, oh, I actually have to climb a structure. And then um, the reward I get from that is being able to see the land and make my own markers. It, it, it puts all of that on the player. And it's so much more satisfactory for you to do that instead of climbing a tower and having everything fill in. And it's already complete at that point, and now you just have to like check everything off the list. I, I just I like how they took a different angle with that, and it, it it's also one of those things. I'll admit I enjoyed that part. Is, I enjoyed that part. Yeah, and it, it's also one of those things like that and Ghost of Tsushima with the wind. You're thinking like, how how did nobody else think about this? How come it took so long? Oh, like oh, it's so obvious, and yet nobody thought thought about it. So I see hopefully being. Um, to look at this uh, in a positive light with games and not having everyone uh, copy each other that those new ideas are going to happen right there's going to be quality of life improvements and iterations where it's like oh of course of course this makes everything better without it being in your face so i think those improvements will keep keep happening you get different people attacking these problems from different angles but i, I would say overall i kind of agree with uh Berkhoff where it's going to be a, a mixture of both um, in that in that way, you're gonna have your Ghost of Tsushima, and then um, I don't know what was the other thing that you had mentioned. Just Work giving off. people the option to turn it off and on. As yeah, it hopefully it's hopefully it's yep. gonna be an option for you to to select how you want to experience. It. Yeah, and you know, with uh, games really focusing on accessibility, look at um, The Last of Us Part Two doing a really great job with that. I hope that stuff progresses. And, uh, yeah, I think it's going to be, like, the, those option menus are going to just give you way more options to turn things off or turn things on. One of the best things Ubisoft ever did was just saying, like, do you want the animation when you, like, pull a fucking herb out of the ground or not? Oh, oh you yeah. don't care after the 15th time? You just it, just, it just appears in your inventory immediately. Even in Tsushima, you're, like, riding on your horse and you're in the vicinity of, like, a, a, an yeah. item you can pick up. You just tap the button, and it's it's in your inventory. It's like, thank you for giving us those as opposed, options. So as yeah. opposed to Red Dead, where you literally have to fucking watch him. Like, I get, I get it. But Mill I it out, lay the carpeting. Yeah. You know, set yeah. up the house. <laughs> A brush right. the horse. I never did anything in that camp. By the way, it's like take these bushels of rice and put them over there. I'm like. Oh, but when I put it over my shoulder, I walk even slower. Oh. <laughs> I like you ain't getting this rice over there. Someone else is gonna do it. But Sorry, yeah, make I the think children there, there's do There's gonna it. be a lot of <laughs> yeah, yeah, come on, give me the choice. Yeah, they got so many come freaking on, was, children. Was, Go command the children. Child, it's an RTS. Still existed in eighteen eighty nine or whatever it was, right? Nineteen twelve. Um, it's Dan's new yeah, favorite game. Gonna... It's an RTS. They demands the children to go do things in the camp. Yeah, we we have to get another um, uh, Dan Tactics. Dan show Tactics. Going show. On. Dan. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's a new genre. That's what I'm gonna. Dan oh, Tactics. Uh, by the, by the way, at uh, some point in the future, I I want to host the show, and I've thought of a nickname for every single person on this show. 
including myself, which is not something you can you can't give yourself a nickname, but we'll figure it out in the future. You have to negotiate but, uh, that yeah. with the master himself. Yeah, that's not. You shouldn't be able to do that. <laughs> maybe, but anyways, maybe if you menu. maybe you win something, you'll be able to do so. <laughs> <laughs> so close it's going to come down to the wire but yeah toggle option menu toggle on toggle off i, I appreciate that um uh, what do you think mitch i'm pretty much with you guys on, on that board i think what the ghost of shishima and i think in in some instances breath of the wild has done as well which is uh has took the bloat of ubisoft and said fuck this yeah we we don't need this bloat let's just reduce this down to maybe three or four things instead of 20 things and then let's try to make them visually captivating in the environment to be able to intrigue the player as they proceed towards what they're working towards and makes it feel like as if their time was well spent doing the thing that they were supposed to do. And I think, unfortunately, when I was on Game Face, that Shane and Matt never really understood what I was trying to say, which was what I loved about Ghost of Tsushima and doing all the side stuff and why I felt like it was incrementally very important to me is that I felt like I wasn't getting just blank experience points to put towards my player as each thing did one specific impactful thing to my player. And that I was like, oh, I get more health by doing this. Instead of saying, you're getting more XP that eventually you will spend on this item that can give you more health. And it's like, no, it's like, it's truly impactful because you get the instant gratification of the health that was instantly there as soon as I did that thing. Instead of saying, take the XP and then spend it on health later. You know what I mean? Um, so yeah. I think games are kind of working towards that in regards to, um, you know, finding things that make it more stunning in the environment, which, which then, you know, creates the immersion that we all want in games, right? We all want immersion. We all want to feel like we're in, we're in it, we're in it hardcore. And it's these, it's when the signposting is too much in regards to it's it's like the signposting is because it's a game signposting not because it's in yeah. the environment signposting you know so when it's in the game it takes us out of the game and reminds us oh it's just another video game and when it's that instance it basically tells me I have a TV above, above me. That's why I'm pointing up, but being like, turn on my television. Let me watch a show while I play this game because this game really doesn't mean anything into the immersion of the game because it's a game, right? Whereas like Ghost of Tsushima, it's like, oh, it's an experience because like I'm in, I'm captivated in the environment and I'm interested and I'm and I'm cultivated and I don't feel like I have a checklist of 30 things to do at this moment and the signposting is clear of once. I think the other thing that's going to be the future is signposting when you find it not necessarily it instantly just appearing in front of you to be like, bam, right, it's right. all there. It's all on the map. There's the 50 Sp things to do on your map. And it's like, no, when you run into five things, the five things will pop up on your map. And then you can choose if you want to go through them or not. But it's not just like this instant um, homework. There's like not instant homework assignment in front of your face of that signposting. Right. So that's what I think the future of games is going to be, which I think is a great future. And I think is what the future we all want in games. And it's just unfortunate that, you know, it. Thank, thank God for Ubisoft for being such horrible game designers in that aspect that have forced <laughs> other people to make better decisions. And I only am saying this as a mean thing to Ubisoft because I hope they do a better job in the future because I would love for them to do better. That's the only reason why I'm bad. I'm critical of games. So I hope that they're as a, as a way of trying to say, be better, 
because I want you to be better because I want to play something phenomenal from you. So I think, yeah, I, just to dovetail on that a little bit, I think you Ubisoft can't dovetail has, off my thing. I'm just kidding. Go ahead. <laughs> I think Ubisoft has the talent to have those interesting mm-hmm. side quests. Like, give me those stories that I want to hear. You know, like, give me a reason to go take out this 30th fucking encampment. Right? There, if, there yeah, should if, be a, if there I should spend be a 100 character. hours in your world, give me a reason to spend 100 hours be, in your world. Not because I have there, a homework assignment of 100 things should, to do. There should be a character and a sex scene at the end of it, you know, <laughs> to make me interested. Yeah. Basically, Burkhoff just wants more scene. porn. That's uh, basically what he just I mean, said. Cyberpunk, you know, it, it dangles the carrot and then it actually gives it to you. I'm there just you saying. Um, my uh, fin- my final thought is uh, just think there's a very fine line between um, being handholdy and the level of how rewarded a character f- or a player feels of discovering something by themselves with and I just I hope that in the future that they and I think it will happen is like people will improve on this to where we as a player we feel like we're discovering something by ourselves uh without noticing the signposting the game, because yeah. they they've mm-hmm. just done a, such a good job of leading us down this path uh, without us uh, being cognizant or at least um having it be too explicit and I think those things will get better as as things go on but yeah that's i think that's like that's the line i think most developers are trying to figure out and it really depends on the genre of course we talked a lot about 3d games um but yeah i think that's that's uh that's what i hope to see in the future is more clever design when it comes to that stuff yeah awesome well thank you for watching everybody we this is actually you know I think it started rocky at the start, but I think we kind of dealt into an interesting topic by the end of it. So hopefully people hung around long enough. But if you are still listening, thank you for listening. You can find us streaming live here on Twitch at twitch.tv slash pixelpints. And if you want to follow when we go live, we are on Twitter at pixel underscore pints or on Instagram at pixelpintspod. Uh, you can see every single episode archived on twitch.tv slash pixelpints or on YouTube. Just look up pixelpints or anywhere you get your podcasts. Um, just look for the green mug and just look up pixelpints and we're right there. There are so many episodes, so many guests, so much fun is to be had on this show. So thank you, Berghoff, Evan, for having some fun with me on this very early, early morning at 1.38 in the morning. Uh, Pacific Pacific Standard Time. Uh, on that note, we're out. Oh no, wrong button. <laughs> <laughs> or maybe not. Maybe we're, we're not sticking around for a little I, bit. I, I, you know why? You know why it didn't work, Burkoff? Because you didn't say it. So why don't you say it? I just said. And on that note, we're out. There we go. <laughs> See, it only works when. When it, when it hears Kirkhoff's voice, it, it triggers the music. I imagine the music's playing. I, yeah, I think, I don't, yeah. Shout out to uh, House414. He wanted to know, we ever crown the worst publisher?
I don't think we did, but EA always gets that title. That, so. that, that would be fun. That's a new topic. There we go. Next time. <laughs> Stay tuned. Yeah, 